Thank you for watching today. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, scan the QR code right here on your screen. You can also find them on our app. We're continuing Growing Deeper, a series on Romans 121. Today, we're diving into the part of the verse that says, their foolish hearts were darkened. Pastor explains how the parable of the sower relates to the fruits we bear when we sow God's word into our lives. By hearing, meditating, and doing the word, we develop a good heart. Let's get started with today's message, having a good heart. Psalms 42 and verse seven says, deep calls to deep. Uh, the spirit of God is calling to your spirit. No matter where you are in your walk with God, God is calling you to go deeper. For every one of us, there's a next step. There, there's ways that we can go deeper into the things of God. So in the book of Romans, the first chapter, Paul is actually talking about walking away from God, and he lists four steps. They're in Romans 1:21. He says, because that when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts or vain in their imagination, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So they didn't glorify him. They weren't thankful, vain in their imagination. Uh, their imagination is used for evil. Their imagination is working against them, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So to put those in reverse is how you literally come closer to God. Glorify him as God. Be thankful. Recognize the power of your imagination. And we talked about that for a couple of weeks, about meditating on God's word. And then now we're going to talk about having a good heart. Now, just for, for this, this, I'm thinking two, maybe three weeks, we'll talk about this. Um, when we're talking about your heart, here we're going to be talking about your spirit and your soul, the two together. Uh, they, they are so hard to divide. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, it says, even dividing asunder the soul and spirit. The word of God is literally the only thing that can divide the soul and the spirit. So we want to talk about having a good heart. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33, Jesus said, either make the tree good. Now, the tree is your heart. He said, you can make it good and its fruit will be good or else make the tree bad, your heart bad, and its fruit will be bad for a tree is known by its fruit. So he says, make it good or make it bad. Some people have the idea, well, you either have a good heart or you have a bad heart. That's just the way that it is. But your heart is not stagnant. It's moving. It's either moving towards God or it's moving away from God. You can make it good and you can make it bad. So in Mark chapter four, Jesus tells the parable about how the kingdom of God works. And he talks about our hearts. So we're going to read quite a bit of this, this uh, parable that Jesus gives. And in Mark chapter four, beginning with the second verse, it says, he taught them many things in parables. And he said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. 
And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it didn't have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced 30 fold, 60 and 100. And he said to them, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all of the parables? So Jesus said, I mean, remember, his teaching is mostly in parables. And he said, if you can't understand this parable, you will not understand any of them. Jesus is saying, this is the key to how the kingdom of God works. Now, in, the, in this parable, the ground is your heart. So what determines the effectiveness of the word of God is not the word, but it's your heart. Because the same word can be planted in one heart and produce nothing. And the same word planted in another heart will have a great harvest of 30, 60, and 100 fold. So the ground is your heart. And the kingdom of God is like a seed. Now, here's what we all know about a seed. You can't cheat. You cannot cheat a seed. There's a lot of systems you can cheat. I remember going to school. You're like, praise God, I'm not there anymore if you're out of it. But you remember, all right? An exam week is coming, right? Or the finals are coming. And what do you do? You cram. You're up till two o'clock in the morning and you go through all the material and you pass the test. Three weeks later, we ask you a question, you don't have a clue, right? You cheated, you, you beat the system, but you cannot beat the seed system. When you plant a seed, there is a certain amount of time, it's gonna be in the ground, it's gonna grow, and the Bible says first the blade, then the stalk, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, and then the harvest. So. You can't grow spiritually, like you can't grow 30 years in five weeks. You can't do it because the, the, the kingdom of God operates on a seed principle. It gets sown in your heart. The sower, verse 14, sows the word. So what gets sown in your heart? The word of God. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Where is God's word sown? In your, in your heart. That's where it gets sown. Now, what the devil is going to try to do is he's going to try to steal that word. That's exactly what he did in the beginning with Adam and Eve. He came to steal the word. Has God said? Well, God said, we'll surely die. You will not die. You'll not die. Why, in fact, if you eat of that seed, you become like God. They were already like God. But he's trying to steal that word. In Mark's gospel, again, 
Right after this parable, Jesus tells another, and I just want to take a moment and say something about it. He said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. The earth, which is your heart, yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, again, it says the earth yields crops by itself. It's your heart, and it yields crops by itself. If you sow God's word in your heart, faith comes by hearing. Hearing. Faith will come, but you can sow lust. You can sow pride. You can sow fear, envy, hate, greed, unforgiveness, mistrust. There are all sorts of things you can sow. And your heart is ground, and it will produce what you put in your heart. And the Bible says it is by itself. The Greek word, we get our word automatically from it. It will automatically produce what you are putting in your heart. So that's important. Your word, your, your heart is the ground that's going to receive, and you should be sowing in it, the gospel of the kingdom, the word of God. Likewise, these are the ones sown on the stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves and endure only for a time afterwards when tribulation or persecution arise. For the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among the thorns. They're the ones who hear the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, I want you to think about this. So often we talk about the power of the word of God, how powerful the word is. But you need to realize, and I need to realize this truth, that there are other things that will cause God's word to become unfruitful. Deceitfulness of riches, desire for other things, cares of this world. When we are not putting the kingdom first, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The only way the kingdom works is when it's first. That's the only way it works. The cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, desire for other things entering in, choke the word, it becomes unfruitful. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it. Bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, now, this parable is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Luke takes that last verse and says it this way. But these are the ones who fell on the good ground, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, hear it with a noble and good heart, keep it, and bear fruit with patience. So what do you need to bear fruit? Patience. Again, you cannot cheat a seed. You plant the seed, it grows. It takes time to grow. That's why the Bible says, with patience. So then Jesus said, verse 11, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all these things come in parables. So he said, the mystery of the kingdom is the kingdom works like a seed. 
And it's not a matter of just receiving the seed. The seed has to be in good ground. And Jesus tells us we can make our heart good ground and we can make our heart bad ground. There are things that you can do that will guarantee a crop failure. I hate weeds. I especially hate them when they show up in my driveway and on the sidewalk. How many have noticed the power of a seed? I mean, you can plant a seed, and if you will let that thing go, it will literally put a hole in your driveway. That little seed, right? But do you know what you can do? Roundup. <laughs> you can squirt that dude with Roundup, and it will die. I like Roundup. I know some people don't. I like it. That's what every weed should have. Good dose of Roundup. Now, now listen, Hosea chapter 4, verse 11. Harlotry, wine, and new wine enslave the heart. How I many know you want a good heart? You want a heart that's going to produce, but there are things that are like Roundup to a weed, to the, to the good crop that's coming out of your heart. Harlotry. Wine, new wine. Here's my paraphrase. Illicit sex and pornography. Wine, excessive alcohol. New wine, drugs. They enslave your heart. It's like putting roundup on the word of God. A spiritual roundup. It will enslave your heart away from God and towards something else. So, so, it's not just making sure that we plant the word in our heart. We've got to be sure that we are not putting something in our heart that's going to enslave our heart away from God. And literally, it's like putting roundup on the word of God. It will enslave your heart. Okay, so the sower sows the word. God's word is the seed that needs to be sown in our heart. And it works on a seed principle. The kingdom of God works on a seed principle. And as we said, you can't cheat that seed. And the devil, that's what he's after. He's after the seed. He's after the word. He came to Adam and Eve. And he said, no, it's not true. You won't die. No, you'll become like God. God's trying to hold out on you. But the truth is, the one who comes to steal that seed, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So then he goes on. And, uh, and likewise, the one sown on the stony ground, when he hears the word, immediately receives it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and endure only for a time afterwards when tribulation, persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Luke says it this way, they believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. Matthew says, because of the word, immediately they stumble. So the ones that are planted in that stony ground, there's, there's no depth in the earth. They receive the word for a while. But something happens. There's a time of testing. Tribulation, persecution arise for the word's sake. Right? 
Life happens, hard times. They're mistreated. They're not appreciated. They're offended. And the Bible says immediately, he says, they'll fall away. They'll be there for a while. But when suffering or persecution arise for the word's sake. Now, the Bible says all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. The, the, the kingdom of God and the culture of our world cannot coexist. If you live for the kingdom, right, you're pursuing first the kingdom, there's going to be persecution. There's going to be rejection for the word's sake. In First Peter, it says it this way. But what credit is it if, when you're beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer and take it patiently, this is commendable before God, for to this you were called. You know, outside of myself, I've never heard anybody preach on this. But the Bible says you're called to suffer for doing what's right. You're supposed to do the right thing and suffer for it. To this you were called. Now, what are we going to suffer for? For his name's sake, for righteousness' sake, for the gospel's sake, for the kingdom's sake. Not all suffering qualifies for the kingdom, but when it's for his name, for righteousness' sake, for his name's sake, for the gospel's sake, that when we do right, and we suffer for it, it's commendable before God. And the Bible says you're called to do that. When you become a Christian, don't expect everybody to congratulate you. In fact, the Bible says when you live righteously and do the right thing, there will be people that will not like it. They will literally persecute you. They, 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 they will try to separate themselves from you. They will ostracize you. But the Bible says that's what we're called to. How many of you know our culture has gone crazy in the last couple of years? And when you stand against the, where the culture is going with, with, with the, the, the transgenderism and everything that's going on, you're suffering for righteousness sake. That's for righteousness sake, right? And Jesus said, blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you, persecute you, say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. Verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They're the ones who hear the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, enter in, choke the word. It becomes unfruitful. The desire for other things, the cares of this life, bills, family, work, Planning, people, relatives, entertainment, summer, sports, hobbies, kids, envy, trying to impress others, determination to be rich. You know, the Bible says those who have this craving desire to be rich will fall into many temptations. Now, it's not, God's not against money, but when that becomes your pursuit instead of the kingdom of God, you will fall into many hurtful temptations. So those are all things that can come in. And when we're not pursuing first the kingdom of God, then those things, the Bible says, will choke the word of God. You said, I thought the word of God is super powerful. It is. It is. But there are things that can be like roundup on that crop of the word of God. 
And we need to avoid those things. The, de- the, the deceitfulness of riches. I, I read recently somebody said, you're only poor when you want more than you have. <laughs> somebody said, he who has no money is poor, but he who has only money is the poorest. But the love of money will just come and say, hey, if you just had more, you'd be happy. If you had more, you'd be content. If you had more, you'd be safe no matter what the economy does. You'd be accepted. If you had more, you'd be somebody. If you had more, you'd be admired. You would be important. You wouldn't hurt. I mean, you know, the deceitfulness of riches doesn't come to rich people. It comes to every people. It says, hey, you can trust me. I'll take care of you. But we need to realize that money is a terrible master and it's a great servant. Jesus said you can't serve God and money. We can't do it. And the desire for other things, whatever it, it, it can it can be success, it can be entertainment, hobbies, fame, sports, money. It can be anything. But we've got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and be willing, if need be, to walk away from what the world has to offer. In Hebrews 11, verse 24, it says, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to his reward. You know, Jesus said, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me. My reward is with me. One translation says, and my paycheck for everyone is in my hand to give to everyone according to his works. Sometimes what the world has to offer is contrary to what the kingdom has to offer, and we need to go with the kingdom. I'm just going to tell you something. Moses has zero regrets. He has zero regrets. These are the ones sown on the good ground. They hear the word, they accept it, they bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. And again, Luke says, with a noble, good heart, keep it and bear fruit. You keep the word, you're a doer of the word, you bear fruit with Patience. Um, I, I just had a call this week from a pastor going through a difficult time. He says, I remember what you told me, he said, over 10 years ago. And I, I tell this just about all the pastors that I, I sit down with. I says, love your wife, nobody else. Preach the word and keep preaching the word and just don't quit. Just don't He said, man, that has stuck with me in the hard, hard times. You hold fast. We love our spouse, nobody else, right? We love the word of God. We feed on the word of God, and you just don't quit. Don't quit. Keep going. You have need of endurance, the Bible says, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You have need of endurance. Don't quit. Just keep going on going. In 2 Chronicles 12 and verse 14, it says he did evil because he didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. He did evil because he didn't prepare his heart. See, you can make your heart good. And let me just say this. It doesn't become good by accident. You prepare yourself and you pursue that. And when we don't, we tend to just, it's like a river. If you're not paddling up 
you're going to be going down. And that's the way it is with our heart. So Jesus said, make it good or make it bad. Now, wow. That was the introduction, and now I've got 14 points. <laughs> so here we go. Number one. I'm just going to tell one story. One of the things that are very, very important when it comes to having a good heart, to making your heart good, is obey the Holy Spirit. Obey the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Every time that you obey the Holy Spirit, your heart becomes more tender. Every time that you disobey the Holy Spirit, your heart becomes harder. Um, I was thinking about it this morning, and I decided it was 40 years ago. So in the, it was March 1982. Jeannie and I were missionaries in Mexico, but we went to visit her parents, who at that time lived in, eastern, in the eastern part of the state of Washington. And uh, we were there for just a couple weeks. We were visiting her family. I was preaching in some churches. And, and a friend by the name of Sam Redmond came over to where we were, we were staying at, at her parents' house. And Sam had gone to school with Jeannie and was a good friend. And, and Sam said, guys, he said, uh, I want to take you skiing. He said, we're going to go downhill skiing, and it's going to be this, it's going to be that, it's going to be so much fun. And, and normally, anything that's outdoors, anything athletic, both Jeannie and I are like, yes, you know. But he's saying this whole thing, and he says, you know, I want to take you, and I want to pay for it. Now, I'm Dutch. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know. But just something on the inside, I don't know what, something just was like, don't go. Don't go. And so I just said to Sam, I, I, I just said, Sam, no, no, we're not. We don't want to go. And Jeannie looks at me like, we? <laughs> no. But I just, I just had this feeling, all right? And uh, she says, we? She says, she said, the last time I was here, I was pregnant with Samuel. Or Daniel, excuse me, with Daniel. Or Samuel, which one was it? It was Samuel. It was Samuel. I didn't get to do anything. And, and now... We get an opportunity to do this. She says, can we go, please? And she takes him. Uh, she goes, please. <laughs> I just like, okay. Okay. Although on the inside, I'm like, there's just, there's just this, don't do it. But those baby blues just said, go for it, boy. So <laughs> I did. So this was going to happen on Saturday. So Wednesday night, Jeannie, if I get this wrong, just let me be. No, no, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> How many of you guys know that sometimes when she tells it and you tells it, it's just we, different, different views of the exact same thing? Okay, but here we go. Okay, so it's Wednesday night, and she has a dream. She dreams we go skiing. She falls and breaks her leg. And she didn't say anything. Thursday night, we go to bed. She has a dream. We go skiing. She falls and breaks her leg. Friday night, she has a dream. We go skiing, and she falls and breaks her leg. Now, you can ask her, I was in a bad mood all week. Oh, 
right? I just had this, oh, this isn't right. This isn't right. This isn't right. I just had, you know, and, and I was, I know, I was just a bear to live with. Thank you for your patience and forgiveness. So we get out Saturday morning and she actually said to me, she didn't say I had a dream. She said, well, if you don't want to go, she said, uh, we won't go. And I said, well, we, get, we, we told Sam we'd go. He's coming to get us, so let's go. So we drive like an hour up to the ski resort. And I remember he, he and I were in the front seat. Jeannie's in the back seat, Volkswagen Rabbit. And I said, now we're going to pray. All right? I pled the blood. I bound the devil. I loosed the angels. I did everything I knew. I did stuff I didn't even believe in. I mean, I did it all. All right. You say, what happened? We went skiing. Jeannie fell, broke her leg. Now, now, now somebody said, well, why didn't God protect you? He tried. He took away my peace and gave her three dreams. All right. And she's on the stretcher. She said, I dreamed that this would happen. <laughs> yep. 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 Now, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Or one translation says, let the peace of God be the umpire in making all of your decisions. You know what? God was taking away my peace, but I wasn't listening. And actually gave Jeannie three dreams. So she breaks her legs in a cast for a year and a half. I mean, she, she, really, she really messed it up. But when we listen to the Holy Spirit, it gets easier and easier and easier to hear when God's speaking. In John's gospel, Jesus is praying, says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said, it thundered. Others said an angel spoke to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. So God speaks from heaven for people to hear. And some just thought it thundered. And others said, maybe an angel spoke to him. But the truth was, God was speaking to them. Right? We can be so hard-hearted that we don't even recognize or know when the Spirit of God is dealing with us. Right? But as we listen to the Spirit of God, and obey the Spirit of God, we become more and more sensitive to His voice, and it literally causes us to have a good heart. Say, so I want to thank you for being on the program with me. Do you know the Bible says that we should know that we have everlasting life? Many people simply assume, well, I know about God, and I'm right with God, and I hope when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. But the Bible says, know that you have you need to know you're forgiven, know you're right with God. You say, how can I do that? Because God can't lie. He said, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you're away from God today or you don't know where you stand with God, you say, I want to be right with God today. I want to pray this prayer with you. I want to call on the name of the Lord the way the Bible tells us to. And the Bible says, will be saved. So I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer from your heart out loud. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. 
I believe he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. He is my king. Jesus is my Lord. I thank you. You've heard my prayer. I'm forgiven. I'm right with God. I'm on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, God heard that prayer if you prayed that prayer from your heart, and you are right with God. Now, I wrote a book to help you keep on growing spiritually. I want to send it to you free of charge. Now, There's information on your screen. You can download that book free of charge or you contact us and we will give it to you free of charge. We want to be a blessing to you. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. We love you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can also find the audio version on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is changing lives all over the world with the truth of God's Word. When you choose to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, that money might leave your hand, but the blessing that comes from it will stay with you for eternity. If you'd like to become a partner with us, we have three easy ways that you can give. One, text WBF GIVE to 1 888 364 GIVE. Two, visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. And three, click on the giving icon in our app. We'd love to connect with you. Here at Walking by Faith, we believe in the power of prayer. We have people standing by ready to pray with you. Scan the code on your screen to send us a prayer request or visit walkingbyfaith.tv to chat with someone today. We'll see you again next week. Until then, be blessed.